Welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies, Blanca, May and me, Dee, have a dish about food in Ireland from an international perspective. So in this episode of Spice Bags, I'm speaking with Nanfun Strakunthad and um, Una Lancaster, who we met recently um, at a really special dinner in Bantai Restaurant um, in Leopardstown. And Una and Nan, uh, their parents, their dads are actually business partners in that restaurant. So um, that's the relationship there. Nan is a chef and Una works and manages the restaurant. And I was so fortunate to speak to the two girls um, about their their relationship, their family, growing up in Ireland, uh, being half Thai, their food, cuisine, and also the Irish impression of Thai cuisine in Ireland, which is really, really interesting. So the meal that I had with um, you two ladies at Ben Thai, it was uh, an incredibly special meal, but probably also one of the last great meals that I will have out in a long time. And I'm so glad it was the Ben Thai meal. And, I, and there's also something about I think the Thai style of eating that is really conducive to friendship and, uh, and, and, and really conducive to intimacy. Um, and it's actually quite rare that I have a great Thai meal. So this again was very registered as very special. Um, there was, uh, this Nanprik org, which I believe is a Northern Thai relish that I was obsessed by. It's tomatoes. Obsessed. 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 Done. Such a deep dive. <laughs> Did you make it, May? Did you go uh-huh. home and make it? I don't think I'm, so. And- <laughs> no, I've got, a, I've got the serious eats recipe up. Um, I've got my mortar and pestle out. Um, you know, they had the Gayang chicken, which is, again, that classic street food chicken. And I was sort of jo- joking with Una and Nanfan that it's, you know, almost like Thai jerk chicken. Uh, one of the only issues that maybe I had with the meal was that because we were still dining in COVID, we couldn't eat things with our hands. Can I also mention, I love how Nan and uh, Una highlighted the heritage of Thai food and how they brought this like how they brought this meal that was how real people in Thailand eat. And one of the most interesting things was this coconut um, custard that was introduced by a woman of Portuguese heritage. I was fascinated by that. And also by the infusions and teas that we had. We had pandan tea, we had roselle, which is hibiscus. Uh, and I have to say, well done to Una and, and Nan and their families for, for doing this event. It was fantastic. And um, Blanca, on that as well, the, I was also really interested. That lady, I can't remember her name, the Portuguese Maria, woman. Maria Guillomer de Piña. I'm so glad I asked you to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> that she actually not only it was with the with the tea, but with that custard. But she had a huge influence of a lot of dishes. That was so fascinating to hear about that of like within within cuisine in Thai in general. Yeah, it was really interesting. Kind of, she was one of the first kind of, wasn't she like cooks on TV and stuff like that as well? And she kind of really influenced people in their cuisine. Yeah, she introduced um, cooking with egg yolks, which is very traditional in Portugal. And it, she introduced, she was called the queen of Thai desserts. That's amazing. So, yeah, I'm really happy. A, yeah, You would never think that there's the Portuguese influence in Thai cuisine. That's something I would never 
never have thought of. I was actually going to say that there were two, there were a couple of things that um, chatting with the girls and then later listening to you interview them, Dee, but um, Mm -hmm. a few things that, you know, were clarified for me about Thai culture. uh, First of all, the Buddhist influence um, and that there is in fact a Thai monk in residence in swords that presides Mm -hmm. over these ceremonies Uh, and keeps the Thai community together. I find that really interesting. Um, About the Portuguese lady, whose name I will not pronounce, um, uh, (laughs) one of the things, again, that that I have heard about Thailand is that in Southeast Asia, they are really proud that they were the only country not to be colonized. So they have the Portuguese influence, but they're like, you know what, guys? We're like, we're, we're the big brass because no one ever took us over. And, yeah. um, and apparently that that reflects in their food as well. So I just want to take a moment to talk about this kick-ass show, Behavioral Vaccine, because is there anything, anything that any of us want more in these lockdown times than some free therapy with a dose of laughs? Kate Feeney and Padraig Walsh are behavioral psychologists who met at a comedy improv session. Tune in. We know we will. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porig, And we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. And without further ado, here is Dee Laffin talking with Una and Nanfan, the girls from Bantai. Can you tell me a little bit about um, your kind of family background and the restaurant, how that's connected? Yes, of course. So um, my parents, they opened up the first Bantai in Ballsbridge. So that was in 1998. Wow, time yeah. really flying. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like initially um, before that actually happened, like my parents, they were even just doing kind of home cooked meals. And my dad was like the driver, my mom was the chef and they were just delivering lots of like meals and like curry pots to like families nearby. So kind mm-hmm. of, that's kind of like how they got introduced into it. And then my mom, she was working as a waitress in a Thai restaurant. And that's actually how she met um, Nan's dad. So he was like a chef in that restaurant too. So anyway, like my parents kind of decided that, okay, if like an Irish person can open up a Thai restaurant, they can definitely do it because they're Thai. Yeah. And um, so like with that, like the business started growing and... um, then afterwards, my dad, he reached out to Namphon's dad and um, they were having a chat and they're saying, hey, actually, let's like get together sometime and open up a restaurant together. And yeah. um, so then in 2004, they opened up Bantai in Leopardstown. And, uh, and you're managing yourself one of the restaurants or within the business overall? And within the business overall, so initially yeah. I was working in IT and doing some business management there. And mm-hmm. then my parents and like Nan's parents, they were working really hard in the restaurants. And then I thought, my gosh, actually, I just had that moment where it was like, I would, I would love to actually contribute. And yeah. I would love to help 
grow the family business. So mm-hmm. um, ever since I've um, jumped in, I've never looked back. Yeah, I'd say that's always a parent's hope, isn't it? When they have a business that their children will kind of take on um, their role or get involved as well. So I'm sure they were delighted that you that you were getting involved. Oh, yeah, they were over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know that you're a qualified chef and you 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 did your education in Ireland in DIT, your, your degree in culinary arts. Um, yeah. Is it, was it always, did you always as well see for yourself with your dad being involved in a restaurant, you know, going that path of, of getting into, into food? Yeah, definitely. Like since I was a kid, um, I was always babysat because my parents were always working and my babysitter taught me how to cook. And then since then I knew I had a flair. So I was very into home economics in school as well. And that's when I knew I really wanted to make this you know, a career, especially when my whole family, both my parents and my dad's side and my mom's side, so my aunties and uncles are involved in um, the catering industry. And yeah, but my dad, like at first he was, he wasn't a fan that, oh no, the daughter is going to become a chef because it is a tough industry and it's tough hours and he just doesn't want his daughter, you know, going through that in, the, in a sense. But mm-hmm. Um, I just stuck with what I believed in and yeah it was my CEO was all culinary 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I loved it yeah and I know that you recently um as well have become a star of TV you're on you're on <laughs> Ireland AM doing a demo what was that like um it was actually kind of a bit nerve-wracking at the start but the guys there are so lovely and yeah they're really welcoming um yeah about my nerves kind of calm down during the cooking stages yeah that's good I'm sure you're well able for it um (laughs) this is on front of an audience I always think when there's people in front of you it's worse you know that sort of way so um so um Una I just want to go back to the kind of history of your families and and your and and their backgrounds here um you told me a really interesting story about your grandparents um uh but they both studied at Trinity College I believe is that right yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so they met in digs, actually. So both of them were staying at the same place and both attending Trinity. So mm-hmm. at the time, my granny, she was um, studying pharmacy. And then my granddad, he was studying arts. So mm-hmm. the story goes um, that like, basically, there was a piano in the digs that they were staying in. And my granny was just terrible. And uh, my granddad, he was a fantastic musician. So he made sure that he would introduce himself to her and so that he could teach her as well to to play the piano. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so cute. And can you imagine just, can you, I can just imagine that now someone just kind of offering to uh, teach you how to play the piano. And he's like, are you trying to, are you trying to say I'm bad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that's really cute. So they obviously met and got together and were they the first of your family to come to Ireland or where does that, where does that line uh, or who was the first to, to come here? Okay. Yeah. So my granny was um, the first kind of like a tie to, to come to Ireland. Yeah. And um, my dad, so he was half Thai and half Irish. He was actually mm-hmm. born in Ireland, 
and um, then grew up in Thailand. And then okay. when he moved back to Ireland, then that's when he finally met my mom. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, so he had to come the whole way to Ireland to um, to to find your mom and, and uh, as a waitress working together. And that's when they, they met and fell in love. Love that. Oh. So nice. <laughs> but... Um, with those, is there, am I right in saying though, was there a story about in you with your great grandfather or I think it was May had mentioned that on the night we were in the restaurant, there was a history there, really interesting story. Yeah. So he's a bit of a family legend. Um, his name is Leng Si-chan. And so he was a revolutionist, um, a really well-respected military doctor so like at the time, um, I think it was King Rama VI. So um, there was a bit of uproar at the time with that king. And he wanted to kind of change um, Thai, um, Thai culture and westernize it as, yeah. well as kind of um, go and become an absolute monarch. So um, at the time, there was like a lot of poverty as well and um, like... They, I think the the people were very unhappy with his kind of lavish lifestyle. So um, my great granddad, he was the um, leader of the first coup to overthrow the drone. And mm-hmm. um, I think they were inspired by the the Qing dynasty in China when they were like recently overthrown. That yeah. inspired them. So like. Um, unfortunately, they weren't successful because there was actually a spy um, in their meetings. But um, afterwards, the next um, military coup, um, they were successful. And they were saying that they're actually inspired by the leaders for the first attempt. Wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Yeah, uh, he was a, a very, um, a very hard man. I heard as well that when he was going to get his teeth extracted, that he wouldn't take any anesthetic. He would completely refuse, refuse any of that. So, and and then what was childhood childhood like for the, for both of you? I mean, growing up in Ireland, um, being you know, obviously from Ireland, but you know having the heritage of Thai background and um, what was what was that like? Yeah it was really interesting like I think um, it's an unusual setup but also really beautiful because um, you have um, two very rich cultures um, but I think when you were trying to kind of like find yourself especially as like a teenager and kind of growing up you're trying to figure out kind of like where is home for you. Yeah. Um, and one thing though, I think it was like initially growing up a bit difficult to fit in, like in kind of like Irish schools, but like there was definitely, um, the benefit and the loveliness of actually being a part of the Thai Irish community. It was so, so close knit. And, um, so we would have like barbecues and almost like every single week there would be like a, some sort of like um, party or gathering at like one kind of Thai, Thai family and there yeah. was so much delicious food so like all the parents were kind of chatting and like having drinks or like playing like Thai card games and then there was like a massive bunch of like Thai Irish kids running around the place mm. <laughs> did you know. have the, and would you have the same experience Nan as well 
um, growing up here? Yeah, I um, my sister wasn't born in Ireland, but I was, and I always had this like, oh, like Irish pride that I was born in Ireland. It was because the country was is amazing, you know. And when I grew up, I went to an educate together school, so it, I've always experienced Ireland as like a melting pot since I was a kid, you know. Yeah. Like, learning about different religions, celebrating them and learning their traditions. So growing up, I never felt like I was out of place and growing with like such accepting people and friendly Irish people. It it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was uh, yeah. someone who was like born in Thailand and, you know, or I wasn't alienated or anything. You know, I, yeah. was, I was very lucky in that sense anyway. And um, yeah, I always loved being Irish and I always went to the Gwail Talks when I was a kid. And yeah, I embraced it and having, being Thai, both my parents being Thai, coming home, get, eating Thai food, I, it's like we get the best, like Una and I get the best of both worlds, you know, yeah. experiencing Thai culture and um, experiencing Irish culture as well. And did your parents make a, did you think they felt that they had to almost overdo the Thai, if that, if that's the right way of saying it, but like, you know, the Thai heritage, because they were worried because you grew up here, that they had to overcompensate uh, by making sure, you know, you were very much involved with the Thai community that was here so that you could kind of have both, as you said, the best of both. Yeah, like, I think... Like it, they definitely try to um, compensate for food. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, That's and, always good. Um, yeah, not complaining. <laughs> and <laughs> also speaking Thai with me at home because me being able to pick up English was a given anyway because I'm living in Ireland, getting my education here. So, and mm-hmm. they also tried to um, hire teachers to teach me how to read and write Thai. I'm. I can't write Thai, but I can read it a little bit. You know, I don't. Have, I'm not fully, you know, literate in Thai. But yeah, it's. They also, mm, like Una mentioned, let us, you know, go to all these family gatherings, and because we get to hang out with all our aunties, all my mom's and dad's Thai friends, it's like, you know, mini Thailand in yeah. Ireland mm. every time every single time we go to someone's house you know everything's Thai Thai food Thai <laughs> food <laughs> yeah food yeah and is is there um how do, how do the gatherings work so like I know you were saying so does every family bring food or does it take does every does a family take turns at kind of hosting or how how does it work say I sometimes um we during my dad's birthday pre-COVID we would have the monk who resides in the temple in Ireland he would come and bless the house and that would be during the morning but in the afternoon there'll be food and all the chefs would um they prepare some in the restaurant and bring them to my house and all the chefs all the aunties and uncles um would come over and we'll have a big barbecue and people who want to bring food can and yeah, we just enjoy it together. Is there, am I right in saying there's a lantern festival coming up this weekend around Halloween? 
or at this particular the end of October? Yeah, there's um like a tongue coming up. It's a festival where we worship the goddess of water. So okay. we make like a, a raft out of banana tree trunk and bananas or or bread just because we have to have to um place it in the lake or in water so that it decomposes. Okay. So we don't use like back then there was a lot of foam used, but um, I think like the Thai government has banned that because it's not mm-hmm. environmentally friendly. But sure. uh, pre-COVID, my dad held a Lagertong festival in a rented GAA function room. So yeah, we always would have that. Um, there'll be prayers in the morning and then afternoon will be music, games, sports day, food markets, how people will come and sell food they made from home. And yeah, the type of people would buy it. But for the, because since we can't start putting stuff into the lakes or the River Liffey, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad uh, got a blow up paddle pool and he just yeah. put water in it. And he got people who wanted to do the, the float, he just let them put it in yeah. the, swimming, the mini swimming pool. It That's was amazing. <laughs> and did people do it? Yeah, they, there was a few that did it. Oh, <laughs> my. You you um have obviously studied in college here um your culinary arts degree, um, but when you you actually did a focus on your thesis, am I right? In in terms of Thai cuisine in Ireland, uh, what was the title of your thesis? Um, it was the growth and prominence of Asian slash fusion cuisine in Dublin and how it affects one's way of eating. So it focuses around say just Asian, not yeah, not just yeah. Thai. Yeah. Not just that. And uh, what what did you find? I mean, from you, from studying that, was there, you know, what was your main kind of conclusion, or did you? Uh, how did you? Uh, when you were researching, did you come across anything really interesting? And um, that's that's worth noting. I just came like I just realized that what I always ask myself, what is authenticity? Like I I did a few readings and I tried to search up like what the what authenticity meant to the writer and mm-hmm. how it contrasted from the other writer and some like we we pride some well some restaurants and they like oh we pride ourselves of authenticity but what qualifies food to make authentic you know is it homegrown is it the is mm-hmm. like would you consider imported stuff authentic because it's not you know or yeah. it, was, it was it was it just opened up so many um yeah, different talks in my head, and and I just realized how accepting and normal Asian food is now in Dublin. That we got um, to a certain point, like we have to adjust our food to suit a certain, you know, the palates as well, or else yeah. how would the restaurants make money, and how would we have a business if if they didn't like our food you know it's not, it's not that we were like changing the food completely but yeah when when you think authenticity you're like no adjustments no change nothing it has to be like home but yes we have to make changes in order for you know us to survive in a foreign country you know with different cuisine yeah 
Absolutely. And I mean, there's a huge debate around authenticity. Um, what what makes something authentic? Can can mm. a cuisine be authentic outside of its own country? You know, I mean, that's yeah. the big question, you know, can it at all? And I suppose, but then also, isn't there authenticity in Thai food in Ireland? You know, isn't that does that not make it authentic in its own right? Do you know that sort mm. of way? So I think there's, I think there's a, a big, there's always a big debate there over people have different opinions on authenticity. And as you said, a lot not taking into account the business behind that you can't, you know, you are just adjusting a recipe to um, make sure that it's adapted to ingredients that are available or, or the, the palate, um, and the, yeah. But I think that some of the dishes that are, you know, in particular with Thai cuisine, I feel like a lot of the dishes are very suitable for an Irish palate. Um, mm. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Yeah. We have the the balance of like sweet, salty, sourness, a bit of spiciness. It's the main attributes of Thai cuisine. And I think it's very well suited for the Irish palate when they like we eat salt and vinegar crisps you wouldn't I, I don't think I can find salt and vinegar crisps in Thailand because <laughs> they, I, <laughs> but here because we have it in our daily lives already so they the Irish you know are exposed to it unknowingly you know with okay. the, like say the crisp flavors and and because if food's good, it's good, you know. <laughs> it's like yeah. if food tastes good, it's it's universally tastes good. Yeah. yeah. And do you sorry, Una, did you have something to add? Oh yeah. I think that the Irish palate is kind of it's evolving and changing. I think um initially when we first started oh we when we first opened our restaurant in Ballsbridge, we were so, so busy. Um I think people are interested in new flavors and um like at the moment the majority of the Thai restaurants in Ireland and in Dublin are kind of focused on the type of cooking style of the central plains and um, like I think um people are starting to get more interested in the likes of um street food or even like northern style dishes as well yes definitely yeah it is changing a bit now are there certain dishes that were kind of like gateway dishes, if you want to call them, to Thai cuisine in the same way? Like, have you seen, I mean, I suppose my, you know, I'm from a very traditional Irish food background growing up in, in Tipperary. And I don't think I had Thai food until I moved to Dublin. And and my first introduction was somebody made me a Thai green curry, you know, that, and I think yeah. that, w- and that would be a very, I think, stereotypical dish that people who maybe you know when they think of Thai food they might think of that or pad thai or some you know some of those kind of takeaway um dishes that people might be familiar with do you think are they the kind of were they in a sense like kind of those those uh, standard dishes kind of gateway ones for people to learn more about Thai cuisine do you think um to open them up to the different flavors and palates or was there something completely different Oh yeah, I think, I think definitely. Oh, go on, Una. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you <laughs> agree as well. I think you're dead right, Dee. There, um, those are the kind of most kind of well-known Thai dishes, which um would help, which helped to introduce the cuisine. Like even even some pubs were doing uh, Thai Thai green curry. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and and is that a is it a good perception? I mean, a good dish to or do you think it's a not negative, but do you think it gives a it it doesn't really give a true understanding of what Thai cuisine is? Because I mean, it's there's so much more, and it's it there's it's not really. I mean, if you go to Thailand, Thai green curry is like the standout dish that would highlight what Thai cuisine is. Mm, um, I think for Thai green curry, it's it's so unique. Like I would order it if I go to Thailand. Like, but say if I'm here, I eat it so much that I'm like, okay, that's enough green curry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been curry in my blood, <laughs> but um. In Thailand, I think if it, if you were to go and look at like the food that is the gateway, it would be more of a street food. I think. Yeah. So say skewered por- um, pork, skewered pork, uh, pork skewer. Sorry, pork skewers. <laughs> um, pad Thai definitely. It's it's. I think it's like the the experience of standing in front of a stall watching the walk. Uh, looking at the walk and looking mm. at the flames it's 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 what like people would remember and what people see in Ireland say through the internet of oh if they want to research on like Thai food I think street food would always be the main um uh gateway to introducing Irish people yeah. to Thai food one thing which is extremely popular in Thai cuisine is Samun Prai which is um, a collection of um, the herbs that they use. So they actually use it for medicinal purposes as well or for health purposes. But it's things like kaffir lime leaves, um, you know, chilies, and then also like lemongrass, grichai. Um, so you would find them in a lot of like a, as a base for a lot of different dishes, especially the curries and the jungle curries as well. There's a lot of beautiful soups, I think, as well, isn't there? From um, kind of like uh, clear soups with meat and vegetables as well. In that way, um, oh yes, yeah, others oh, they're delicious. Like if with any kind of Thai meal, you'd usually have a clear soup because like the food is so flavorsome and uh, and and so strong as well. It actually pairs quite well. This like it's called dumpjud, which is like a a clear broth which sometimes it would have like um, meatballs in it or even like fish. And so like in between like tasting these different varieties of dishes, you would kind of take a little sip of um, the dumpjid and then it would kind of like refresh your palate to try um, another mm-hmm. one again. So yeah, there's so many. And um, one which I actually really, really like is um, dumka. So that's actually the one that Nan was cooking in the Ireland AM show. Oh, yeah. Um it's it's so so delicious and it has like a it's a coconut base and it has um that herb ka in it as well as some of the other simon pry the medicinal herbs but it's oh it's just so so delicious. <laughs> I'm just thinking making <laughs> yourself hungry. I love when yes. you start talking about one of you know like a dish like that and then you're just like, oh my god, I really need to have some right now. Yeah, salivating as well. Yeah. <laughs> while you talk. yeah yeah oh um definitely my favorite would be this grilled pork neck i Ooh, always lovely. do and it's using using um yeah it's all oh, it's just a good cut it's like it has it's a bit fatty it's lean it has a bit of the 
10 oh it's just perfect i think um i always like to use coriander root because like some people always throw the coriander root away but we grow coriander in our back garden and it's so like the scent is so strong the flavor that comes out of it and mixed with black pepper garlic and all your um like oyster sauce soy sauce it's 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 when you grill it under the oven it's lovely but if you have a barbecue and when it's like charred and sorry i'm salivating yeah no we do and next time when we consider i'll make you some but yeah that's one of my favorite things and also with some fam which is a northeastern dish which is also a thai a really famous thai street food it's when you're craving spicy food it's like the way to go it's like you can make it with papaya salad it is a papaya salad and it has um fermented anchovy sauce and yeah it's just amazing you know and it's really light as well it's because it's made in a and it's also eye-catching because it's made in a pestle and mortar yes so yeah that's my favorite dish one of my favorite dishes and they pair so well with sticky rice as well Oh, that's so delicious. And another thing there actually as well, what I absolutely love about the street food in Thailand, because I just thought of it there when Nan was bringing up the sumptam, um, you're able to customize it as they're cooking it for you. So because um, there are those like main flavors like sweet, salty and spicy and, and, and sour, they would actually ask you, okay, so what flavor do you want? So you might say, oh, I like it with a, a sour and um, kind of more sweet, you know, and then they'll do it for you like that. That sounds amazing. And um, we, in um, Bantai, the meal we had was absolutely stunning. The the sharing plates. Um, I loved the the rice served in the pineapple um, and also the, the fish. Um, can you just chat to me a little bit about that meal? This was one of the, the cultural events that you organized. Um, so perhaps you can explain a little bit about that as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, the main reason that we kind of created these events was to almost bring in the a new a new wave of of Thai food. We wanted to because there's just so so much variety, so many different cooking styles, even from like different regions that um, that many Thai restaurants don't have yet. So the first event that we had, which was Eat Like a Thai, was to give that. Um, to give a very nice picture of what it's like to sit down and have like a meal as if like you were in Thailand. So there's always a lovely combination of different dishes. Like typically you would find like a seafood dish and like maybe a vegetable dish and like a soup dish and then like a rice dish as well or something which is like barbecue too. So like like the event that you're at, you're able mm. to taste and try everything which is uh which is the best because uh, you don't get food envy then (laughs) if you like what you heard or better yet have a question or response or comment to anything that we said today we really want to hear from you so please contact us at instagram at spice bags pod twitter as well as the same Spice Bags Pod, or you can email us at spicebagspod at gmail.com. 
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.